The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Search Insights Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to publish an episode every day discussing how you can maximize the impact of search data for your decision-making inside and outside of your SEO efforts. Joining us for Search Insights Week is Tyson Stockton and Alan Turner, who together run sales and services at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data-driven decisions. And today, Tyson, Allen, and I are going to discuss the data-driven decision-making framework. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first installment of Search Insights Week with Tyson Stockton and Alan Turner from Searchmetrics. Tyson, Alan, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you, Ben. Good to be back again. Thank you, Ben. It's good to join for the first time. So I'm here with the veterans. Alan, excited to have you here. I was getting a little sick of just talking to Tyson all the time. He's kind of my go-to at the search metrics team, but uh, it's nice to have a fresh face and a fresh voice on the podcast. So look, now that we have both of you here, you guys did a webinar and we're going to kind of run it back a little bit talking about some really interesting developments not only at search metrics, but for the SEO community at large, which relate to how to take search data and use it outside of just your SEO optimization. So look, let's start off. We're calling this Search Insights Week. How do we think about making decisions that are data-driven? Walk me through your framework for just that data-driven decision-making. Yeah, so I think, you know, one thing that we've observed and coming out just 
right up front with this is like we come obviously from a data and a software platform. So it's kind of like in our DNA. But one of the things that we've seen is we don't see that actually data is being used as much in the strategic decisions. And we feel like that the use or like the application of search data in particular outside of SEO is not really being realized in its full potential. So I think when you dig into pieces of, you know, just fundamentally, should you use data in making strategic decisions? It's a very simple, like, of course we should. But then when you really start to dig into it and you're like, well, how much like are you actually using that? And are you using search data just for SEO tactics? Or are you using that to also guide some larger strategy? That's where we've noticed that there's been a real big disconnect of the industry and like what's actually happening out there. Absolutely. I think in terms of, for me, not coming from the SEO space originally and kind of sitting down with Tyson and the team and the experts and really understanding how this data is being aggregated and then clustered together. It was just really interesting from someone who was coming from kind of outside the SEO industry to understand how decisions can be made using the data and what this data actually uncovered for various divisions within the company. And I think that from my perspective is what really excites me about the potential that this data uncovers. Alan, I want to ask a follow-up question for you to you. You know, this might be a little vague or might be broad, but help me think about what a decision-making framework is before we get into how search data is really relevant to it. Yeah, so that's really interesting. You know, I think, I know you said before we talk about search data, but I think what's really interesting is first just understanding how are people making decisions today? What are they doing? What data are they using? Are they using data at all? And I think that's where we're going to get to the crux of this later on in this conversation. But ultimately, right now, a lot of people are making decisions when it comes down to it. They're using historical activity, historical data, or I would say they're understanding based off of lagging data, you know, like sales metrics or things like that how to understand what the market is going to do in the future. And that's where the data that search can provide is a little bit different and it's pretty interesting and it's more accurate than some of that data. So I would say right now, the framework around decision-making is first and foremost, kind of looking at the previous years of the previous year first, looking at some of those lagging metrics and then formulating a hypothesis based off of what that data is telling you in particular Yeah, you bring up an interesting point here and that the kind of classic decision-making framework is I aggregate lots of historical data and I'm benchmarking period over period, whether it's year over year or month over month. And the problem with that is you're always using lagging data. You're not using anything that is real time or even something that is predictive. So let's double back. And now I want to talk a little bit about search data. So when I think about the value of search data, a lot of what I'm thinking about is intent. When I'm comparing different marketing channels, you know, there is the Facebook advertising, right? A display-driven, a graphic, or even YouTube, you get videos, right? Those are marketing channels where you're broadcasting and pushing your message out where somebody is consuming them while they're either passive or looking for other content. When you think about the value of search data, someone is expressly saying what they're interested or what they're trying to learn or what they're trying to research. So when you're thinking about taking that 
you know, mass amount of data and knowing that it has some intent behind it. Talk to me about the different ways where it can provide value and how does that lead into your data-driven decision-making framework? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, one, you hit the nail right in the head there where it's really everyone's search queries are a window into their consumer behavior. You can identify what people are interested in, what they're looking to buy, where they're at in the buying cycle. And so you have this, in a lot of ways, almost like an unbiased lens into the user. And we've used that a lot in the sense of tactical SEO of, okay, hey, we're competing at this stage of the funnel, but we're not competing at the early stage or the top of the funnel. And so we've used that for a long time in SEO. But I don't really think that it's reached that potential in the sense of, hey, this also gives us insight into consumer demand. It gives us insight into the seasonality of demand. It gives us insight into how that's growing month over month, year over year, all these different layers to it. And then you can even throw in complexities on top of that as far as how is Google interpreting that? What SERP features are they adding? Are people interested in videos, informational? Like what type of content do they expect to receive from those different queries? So I think it really does offer that general window into the consumer and using it just in the sense of, okay, what pages do I need to create or which pages do I need to optimize? To me, it's just kind of like scratching the surface of what this can tell us about like our individual consumers if you're on the in-house side. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I want to talk a little bit about the difference between lagging data real-time data and predictive analytics and you know basically predicting the future. When you think about the decision-making framework and about how you're using data, talk to me about what data you can get and how important it is to think about the time that you're analyzing and whether it is in real-time or whether it's forward-looking. So I think one of the pieces on that that... It's kind of interesting. And then to your point of like the historical ways of doing that, you know, a lot of times people would get things like focus groups or they'd hire like more of a traditional 
consulting agency to come in and do a study for them. But to your point with that, you typically, one, have a long lead time for it. So it might take six months to have that study created, in which case, especially in a lovely year like this in 2020, when things are changing very rapidly, hey, that six months can have a huge change in this. So I think that challenge with historical ways of gathering consumer information has kind of led us into this. And so when we get into more of the search side, I would say like the different areas or kind of like angles that we can provide from it is one, just standard demand-based data. And so that could be if we're looking at different categories within an e-commerce site, well, is skiing or snowboarding, which one has a higher demand? And then if you layer on on top of that, you can actually look at historical search data to then give context to how your website or how your business is growing in comparison to the demand. That you know, example, hey, I grew 20%. I'm feeling really good about myself. But maybe I'm operating within the home exercise, like home gym category, which has grown way more than 20% this year, in which case I'm actually losing market share. So then you can also get to competitive, who owns what in the market, which then can be a proxy to overall market share. And then you can also get insights into consumer intent. Whether it's, is this a transactional informational intent by this demand? What SERP features or SERP elements are present of how Google's interpreting that intent? And so that then gives you basically the means to either apply that down into tactical decisions, whether it's in search or in other kind of marketing channels. But then it also can be used going up in the organization to guide larger strategy, whether it's in purchasing, whether it's in acquisition models, and so forth. Because it really does give that kind of complete window into the consumer of your categories. So I understand what you're saying, that search data can be valuable, not only for understanding how you compare to your competition, what are the trends in the industry, but also thinking about who your customers are and getting consumer intent. So... Alan, you're working in sales at Search Metrics. You're obviously working with a lot of other organizations that are interested in thinking about search. Talk to me about the ways that search data is relevant for understanding and using consumer intent. Yes. When I think of consumer intent for sales, I'm obviously thinking about what that particular consumer is wanting. What are they demanding? What are they looking for? And I think what's interesting about search intent in this case is the fact that When we discuss lagging data, if I use a very generic example, if you take the retro Jordan 1 tennis shoe, if I understand the demand for it once the shoe is actually on the feet of the consumer, then that's the lagging data that we're using to then make informed decisions. Now, when I think of intent in terms of search data, I'm now seeing ahead of that in a predictable fashion what they're actually searching for and what the volume and what the appetite of the market is for that actual product. And so when we think of it in that regards, now we can start to formulate our strategies around how do we go to market for this particular product based off of what the potential growth is in that specific category, et cetera. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really interesting and kind of comparing to what I may have seen in other organizations or which is still happening today, 
is obviously the larger the organization, the deeper the pockets that we have, the more we're able to go out and kind of have, you know, a market research firm or somebody do research for us, which includes surveys and a plethora of other things to kind of formulate that opinion on what the market is asking for. And that's where Insights is a totally different spin on market research itself, because you're not asking the consumer what they're interested in, which in that case, you're kind of getting a biased opinion. You're getting a small focus group. In this case, you are totally unbiased, total kind of broad picture and overview about what is going through a search engine. And you're then aggregating and clustering that data for accuracy. And that is almost the most accurate data you can almost have in a predictable fashion when it comes to intent. I think you bring up a really good point here that when you're trying to understand consumer intent, you know, the current model is you survey your customers, you survey people that are your prospects, and people answer survey questions different than how they act in the real world. And so being able to take a sort of widely distributed, unfiltered source of data and being able to break it down and mine it for consumers' true behavior, not what their express behaviors are, makes it even more powerful. So we're going to continue the conversation throughout the rest of the week talking about search intent data and how you can use your search data to benefit your organization inside and outside of SEO. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tyson Stockton and Alan Turner from Search Metrics. Join us again tomorrow when Tyson, Alan, and I discuss the trouble with traditional research in search. If you're interested in contacting Tyson or Alan, you could find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes, or you could visit their company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 